Hey guys, and happy Valentine's Day. So today's episode is all about doing what you love, and in the spirit of that, I have a very special guest, Mrs. Swathi Chathurvedi. Mrs. Swathi is the founder of Community Bollywood Dance Project, a dance program through which she teaches people of all ages in hopes to bring them together, create a diversified community, and give people a safe place to express themselves and feel empowered. We had an interesting discussion about her project as well as dance in general. As a dancer myself, I found our conversation extremely interesting and relatable, so let's get right into it. Okay, so hello again, and thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. I really appreciate it. So just to start, how are you doing? Hey, Rena, I am good. I'm excited to talk with you. Great. So I have a few questions, and shall we just get right into it? Let's go. All right. So first, can you shed some light on the type of dance you teach and how you developed an interest or love for dance? So the dance that I teach is Bollywood dance. However, I started um, my dance journey with more of the folk styles of Indian dancing. And my journey started with my with my school not after school, but yeah, my school music and dance programs. So my first memory of performing is actually in first grade. And yeah, I have like this picture. So I, I don't know quite what exactly, like I don't remember what we were doing, but I would, I, I think it was some version of an Indian folk dance. And um, I've been dancing since then. And I think that's really where I developed my love for dance. And then, of course, as you know, all of us who grew up in India, um, Bollywood is just all around you, Mm -hmm. right? So I do have memories of, like, once I was a little older, of getting together with friends or cousins and trying the hook step of whatever the latest Bollywood (laughs) song was. Um, But I would say that my journey truly started in school. and, um, And as actually I was reflecting on this, I realized that another Another very interesting uh, piece of this journey is that, you know, today when we think of Sangeet, so for instance, if I asked you, Rena, when I say Sangeet, what comes to mind? Like, what's a typical format and what's the typical music? Um, I would just personally think really upbeat music. Mm-hmm. And do you think any particular style of music? I think of Gerba, like Gerba music. Okay. There you go, right? So it's traditional. It's not Bollywood. You know, Sangeet has become this big Bollywood extravaganza, but it used to be traditional music. So for me, it was music from Uttar Pradesh. And I remember going to weddings and just sitting around with the, you know, women of the house with a tolak, which is that (laughs) two-headed hand drum and dancing to those songs. And I think that's truly where my my love for dance and that confidence that, you know, a child feels in themselves when they dance Mm -hmm. started. And then Bollywood was just kind of this thing that happened organically you know, in this journey, I guess, as I was growing up. Oh, nice. I mean, I, I liked what you said about the confidence in you building up. I know as a dancer, I can definitely relate in that, you know, I feel most confident when I'm dancing. That's like the perfect way to express myself. And I feel, you know, just truly myself whenever I dance. Yeah. And um, I, I actually remember once a teacher, I think it was in middle school, um, but a teacher asked me to recite a poem and I wanted to do it, but then I froze. <laughs> and when I reflect back to that, I realized that public speaking took a whole other kind of confidence that I did not have at the time. 
But I don't ever remember feeling that lack of confidence or the nerves on stage. Like, yeah. uh, you know, as a child, you don't, you're not, pro- like, you're processing, but you don't have the vocabulary to make much of it. But all I can tell you is that I couldn't do public speaking in front of an audience, but I could dance in front of an audience and feel good about that. Yeah, definitely. So I wanted to ask you, um, I recall you mentioning earlier when we first connected that you don't have a traditional dance school and you don't intend on having one. So could you provide some background for our audience as to what it is you do and what makes you different from regular dance schools? So I started out, um, I want to say, as my dance journey continued from, so I grew up in India primarily, right? Um, Mm -hmm. And then here I am in the US and now I have a daughter and I started out teaching two dance classes at this wellness studio and I really enjoyed them, but I had this yearning for more. I wanted to do some kind of community outreach with Bollywood dancing. Yeah. And so at that time, you know, it's not like I had this perfect plan. It all figured out. I just knew I wanted to bring people together and connect using Bollywood dance. And so I ended up doing, you know, projects such as those, um, very interesting ones, you know, we could, they're like each one of them is a story in its own. And where my journey took me was that, you know, I became a teaching artist using Bollywood dance as my vehicle. And I would go into schools, for like assembly style programs. And then I ended up doing residency style programs where I'm in the same school, working with the same classroom for um, anywhere from four to 10 weeks at a time. And I'm basically taking the students on a journey you know, off, off Indian culture, mm-hmm. off, um, you know, talking to them about um, all kinds of things like Gosh, like there's so much to diversity of the landscape, of the customs, the traditions, the festivals, the food. And really the idea was that then I can showcase one culture, I can open their minds to all cultures and really begin the conversation about appreciating diversity. Mm -hmm. So I think on the whole, as much as I I love teaching dance and I, I still, I mean, we do have classes running, but I think my focus has always been that community aspect of it connect people through dance. No, I think that's great. I think I really like how, you know, it's interesting how you were able to do so much with, you know, just what you were passionate about. And above all, you know, you stayed true to your main message. And I think that was, that's really important and intriguing too. Yeah. And Raina, along the way, I, you know, I did projects, but then I say they're each a story of its own because I would come back from these projects and I would feel so, like my heart would be so full. I've danced with individuals with special needs, with um, cancer patients, with Alzheimer's patients, um, you know, women refugees. And so you, you know, you realize that here you are just, you started out, like now it's been what, I started in 2009, um, with this idea of doing work in the community to bring people together. And then, excuse me, and then, you know, here you are finding yourself in these very, like, you know, something that you and I talked about before we started recording about, you never know how it's going to unfold and where dance takes you. Yeah, Um, yeah, I experienced some of that. And um, it's it's very fulfilling work. And I most recently um, wrapped up, believe it or not, we did a virtual residency 
for oh, wow, school yeah. for the blind, but get this, oh. it's for the school for the blind. Oh, wow. That's interesting. So, yes, there were some students that are blind, no vision, and then there's, you know, students with visual impairments, mm -hmm. um, you know, and also having additional, you know, some have mobility issues or hearing issues. But so here's a group of individuals with special needs. And it's so amazing that the school was open to this idea of trying dance and movement through Zoom. And um, I, it's one of the most fulfilling projects I've ever done. No, definitely. That sounds, you know, it's rewarding to not only the community, but to yourself, too. Mm -hmm. um, so in your opinion, how does dance help people in their mental, physical and emotional growth? Like, you know, what have you observed in the people that you've taught and helped? So when we move in our bodies, you know, we are, we, we can, we can tend to be our harshest critic and at, at the most simple level, at the most basic level, when you move your body, you know, you're, you're going to feel good just by the fact that instead of that stagnant energy, now you're, this energy is moving around. You're just going to feel more active, more alive. And then the next level to that is, you know, the confidence aspect that you might start off thinking, oh, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I look good doing it. Mm -hmm. But then, with, with, you know, the more that you stay with it, the more you realize not only are you able to do it, but you're having fun doing it and you're actually looking good doing it. Yeah. So I think that confidence building. So, you know, at the most fundamental level, you can say, well, yes, of course, moving your body is good. It's exercise. But then that emotional journey that happens as you start believing like, hey, I got this. And, and I ta I've taught a lot of non-dancers, you know, people who are like, oh, I have two left feet or more. And in the end, here they are just having fun. Yeah, no, I so I think as yeah, a dancer too, I can definitely relate to that. Like, you know, like you said, it has its obvious benefits and that it helps you stay fit. But above mm -hmm. that, there's another, like another level to it in that I use dance personally to like calm myself and relieve my stress. I find it super relaxing. And like I said earlier, mm -hmm. it's when I feel most confident. So if I'm having, you know, if I'm just feeling a little down that day, dance is, dance is sort of like my outlet. And I think it's just a great way to overall express yourself and take care of yourself, both physically and mentally. Yeah, it's meditative while you're engaged in that activity. Um, there can be huge transformations. Like one workshop I did, two women came up at the end. It was a family workshop at a library. And, you know, they said to me very sweetly, they're like, oh, you know, thank you so much. Uh, this was our first time dancing. And I said, you mean since you had kids, right? Mm -hmm. And they said, no, ever. And here they were, because I had pulled them. I, you know, I engaged the audience. I had pulled them to the front of the room. And here they were dancing and having fun. What was stopping them before? What's yeah. getting in the way, you know? And so I, I think those transformations are huge and they're bigger than we realize because now here you are dancing in front of a room full of people and mm -hmm. you're telling me this is the first time. Yeah. No, I think it... And there's tons, tons more stories like that, but go ahead. No, I was going to say, I think dance, it helps you kind of open up a part of yourself that you didn't know was there before. You know, mm -hmm. if you've never done it, you don't really you don't know what you're missing, but until you do it, you realize like, wow, there was so much I would have just not known about myself or known what I could do mm -hmm. or how I could feel. Yeah. And, um, you know, then there are the ones, Reina, that 
sometimes we don't even realize how big of a deal that is. So I was uh, teaching this residency at a school for individuals with special needs. And towards the end of our program, this girl took her hood down. She would always have her hood up, mm-hmm. but she took it down. And her aide told me what a big deal that was because she must truly now feel much more relaxed, confident, mm-hmm. um, and ready to be seen yeah. um, because she would never do that. That's incredible. Have you noticed such benefits in your own life, both like mentally or physically? All the way around. So, you know, that's, I'm, I'm just chuckling because that's a loaded question. Like I'm <laughs> such a hypocrite when it comes to like, I tell people, oh, you know, don't be your harshest critic. And when I take a dance class, I am my harshest critic. And I notice that it takes me a lot of like mental, like, come on, Swati, be present do this for the joy of it, have fun. So I will say that anytime I can do that, yes, I find that then I just relax and it's meditative. And I find that for that time that um, I'm dancing, I've forgotten about everything else. I'm not thinking schedules, kids, you know, anything really. So I find very calming. I heard you use that word calming. I find it calming, peaceful, meditative, um, but I have to quiet that inner critic. Yeah, I can definitely relate to, to the that. party. <laughs> no, like like you said earlier, you know, it takes a lot for people to open up and try different facial expressions or body movements. And as a classical dancer, too, a lot of our dancing includes storytelling. And as a part mm-hmm. of that, we need to use various facial expressions. But I think that's something I've definitely had a really hard time with is I'm always worried about like, oh, gosh, do I look dumb doing this? And I'm hesitant <laughs> because I know like, oh, I might, you know, look weird or look odd just doing something so when I'm not focused on myself dance is obviously like you said meditative and calming but when you know when you're being overly critical and having that like perfectionist mindset it gets Mm -hmm. harder to relax and kind of de-stress yeah and I think Rena for that reason I think that um you know again and just thinking about it teaching dance is more fun because I am so living those things that like like I'm actually authentically in that moment focused on joy and focused on um progress not perfection mm-hmm. right I there's no inner critic to fight with I'm just in the moment present for the people who I'm teaching so it's a whole other experience um and to me that's transformational too because I notice that I can do that for other people so why am I <laughs> struggling to do it for me so I think dance overall has been, uh, you know, a, a big journey because I'm not, unlike you, um, as we were talking earlier, I haven't had the benefit of being classically trained at a young age. And so I've always had like this nag, you know, this nagging voice, just be like, oh, but you're not classically trained. And, and it's something that I've constantly fought with because it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. I do this. I do the work that I do because... I want to inspire joy. I want to empower people. I want to connect people. I'm not doing it because I'm trying to be a pro dancer. Yeah. I'm doing it for fun, right? So it's it's been a journey to like actually start living those things and not just like have those as words that sound good. Yeah, no, I can I feel like I can relate to that too. I you know, whenever say we're in competitions or just like just dancing for a performance, you you know, you see someone be able to do something that you can't and you automatically mm-hmm. start comparing or thinking like, oh gosh, why can't I do that? 
But once you kind of develop that mindset, like, okay, we're different. I have my strengths and weaknesses and I'm just doing this because I love it. I think you open up like a whole different side to it. Yeah. And it's really like, what, what outcome are we focused on? Mm -hmm. Are we truly like, you know, maybe there are certain situations where, where you have to focus on that specific, like, oh, you lost half a point and that's a make or break thing. But how many times that is not the case most of the time, right? So if you can just focus on that joy on progress, not perfection, it just becomes a more fulfilling experience than mm-hmm. to sit there in comparison and be like, you know, exactly what you just described, that yeah. I'm not good enough. And like that doesn't get us anywhere. And um, that voice doesn't go away as, you know, as easily for some as it does for others. Mm-hmm. So finally, I want to ask you, how do you recommend people to get into dancing or any other activity they want to try out and maybe even develop a passion for? So... If it's something that is calling to you, just try it. Like, do not overthink it. Just get up and try it. For dance, I would say specifically, I've noticed that a lot of times um, people have preconceived notions about their ability to dance. Yeah. So either they're programmed to say, I noticed it actually in dance and yoga. Like, right up out of the gate, people are like, oh, I'm not flexible. Or I have two left feet. Mm-hmm. Well, have you tried dance to know that about yourself so what I what I tell people is don't like first of all actually do something about it try it and then second don't let one experience one teacher or a few classes dictate you know what you decide to like label yourself as like Mm -hmm. I'm not a good dancer you make sure that you experiment enough or maybe the better word is explore it enough um you know because you maybe you haven't found the teacher that you need. Maybe you need someone who challenges you more, or maybe you need someone who can simplify it for you. So that would that is really what I would say to people is just please go and try it, and and be willing to explore it. Don't just try one and be done. Follow your joy. No, I think I think that's really important. That's great advice. I think you know, like you said earlier, a lot of times when something doesn't work out immediately, just as human we as humans we get demotivated and we're like oh gosh, I can't do it now. I'll never be able to do it. But I think sticking Mm -hmm. with something and really trying it and trying to develop not even a passion, just an interest in it. I think that's definitely a way to get on to maybe pursuing it in the future. Yeah. And the word passion, like you have to pursue it enough. Like you have to start with an interest. Most of us discover that we have a passion for something when we tap into that initial curiosity and that initial interest. So you won't find that out, you know, in majority of the cases, if you just don't even try it. And sometimes you might try it. Like I I was telling my daughter, like, try it. You may or may not like it, but be open to it. Mm -hmm. But a lot of times, and I I can tell you this, um, that especially um, older women that I speak with, um, there's so many people who either have a regret for not trying it sooner and now they put a timeline on themselves saying, oh, I'm too old for this. Again, just try it, please. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think that's great advice. Well, that's actually all the questions that I had. So first, thank you so much for coming. And second, I really, I had a great time talking with you. No, thank you, Reyna. And I really appreciate um, this opportunity because as you kind of had, you know, in our conversation, given me 
an overview. Uh, you know, it made me just think back to some of the memories that honestly I had kind of forgotten about. So <laughs> thank you for taking me back to my dance journey. And um, I think this is fantastic work that you're doing. So wish you all the best. Thank you. All right, so that's all for today. Ms. Swathi is definitely an inspiration for me as well as all of the other students she teaches. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and tune in February 28th for a new episode of Untold and Unknown. And remember, do it with passion or not at all.